Hello and welcome into the Lone Star Varsity Podcast. I'm Mike Graham, joined as always by Brian Navarrete, and we're back after the football state championships, Christmas, and the New Year's Eve and New Year's Day holidays. So, hey Brian, how's it going? Oh, it's going really well. I'm glad to be back and I'm ready to get some basketball going. This podcast is brought to you by the University Medical Center. Yeah, it is good to be back and uh, felt really fresh and we got to do the, the Caprock Classic, which was, I think, between the two of us, probably about 80 hours worth of uh, high school basketball last week. And I'll tell you what, like I was kind of dreading it. Just I, I had never covered a, a tournament of that scale, you know, 85 participating teams across the, the boys and girls side of the tournament. And it seemed like an enormous challenge. And I walked away, and it was so much fun. I had a really good time at the thing. And, and, I mean, for as enormous as that tournament it is, they boast it's the biggest high school basketball tournament in the country. It's really well organized. Yeah, it runs really smoothly when it comes down to it there at the end. Uh, we got to see a lot of teams, a lot of good basketball, especially on the girls' end. Uh, I think we saw some of the more exciting games on that part. But we also got to see a team from Australia play out here. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, Greelong. Uh, Greelong from, obviously, Greelong, Australia. It's a, it's a club team. And uh, as you should know, it's summer in Australia because they're in the Southern Hemisphere. So they're on an American tour just uh, – looking for exhibition games against American high schools as they traverse the country and learn a little bit about the American culture. And also, um, I believe that these teams are, are uh, little capillaries uh, toward feeding the Australian national team. Like, it's, it's basically the basic level. But, um, I mean, it just tells you the talent that went to the Caprock, that a, a team that could potentially have an Australian Olympian on it uh, came to the tournament. And, um, you know, I've got to see their game against Jacksboro, and then I saw Jacksboro fall to ropes, and uh, the, I, Jacksboro had, had defeated Greelong, and I, I think that that's just the best place to start. Ropes has an incredible story uh, as one of the top 1A teams in, in the state, uh, beat a 3A Jacksboro team that uh, has some fanfare as well. What's crazy about the uh, Ropes team is that there's not a single senior on that team for what they were able to accomplish, especially for how young they are. I think they did really well. Maggie Anderson, freshman. Uh, was named the MVP of the tournament, and she did outstanding throughout the entire ge- tournament. Absolutely, a, a lot of a lot of familiar names, and and I guess one of the reasons they become so familiar is because their bench is so short. I mean, we're we're talking about a one A program going up against Jacksboro, which I, I think had six people on its bench at any given time. Beat shallow water. Yeah, yeah, and and what was funny is. Jacksboro was physical, and you saw that in their in their game against Greelong, which I think they won by like ten points, and then. Um, ropes really matched up well with them, like size-wise. I mean, it, it, it's a it's a big 180 team, even though it doesn't have the numbers. They just have some uh, good-looking bodies on that team. Yeah, Jacksboro actually had some height in the post. Uh, they had a pretty big player there, and to be to shut down what they were trying to do throughout the entire game, I think was big on the ropes end. You know, uh, talking with the coach afterwards, he said, you know, you come out of this thing. Uh, with the championship and you just want to get what you uh, pretty much when you sign up for the tournament itself what you want out of it is those games you know practice getting ready for district because they turn around and got district on friday ropes jumped out to a like i believe a 23 to 8 halftime lead jexboro reeled in quite a bit in the second half and then another uh, ropes one put that one away but that's that's definitely a team to, to keep an eye out. And also beat a really good Lubbock-Roosevelt team uh, in the midst of their run. I think Roosevelt's going to be really good. And 
you know, we're, I guess we'll just dive into it this way. I think that uh, girls basketball in the South Plains is pretty special this year because I know that next we're going to be talking about the uh, Chick-fil-A championship game between uh, Level Land and Lovett Cooper, which was an instant classic. Oh, that game was uh, – it was nice to be able to sit there and actually, you know, be able to watch that game in person because nobody can really uh, sell it the way it was played. That was a really good game. Um, Cooper – came out and I guess for some people kind of surprised Leveland because Leveland was the number two team you know in the state in their respective district or right. their respective classification rather right Leveland came into the game 21 and 0 second in the TABC poll Cooper has some accolades but but nowhere near that and they might now because Leveland I mean it, it is a beyond um, above average team, if that makes sense. I mean, we're talking about the upper echelon of 4A at that point. There's uh, some expectations that they're going to get out of the region and go represent, um, you know, West Texas at the Alamo Dome uh, in the state semifinal, state tournament setting. And, um, I mean, Cooper played them very well. Uh, Cooper, I mean, I mean, the game came down to overtime. A couple of lead changes late. I mean, Cooper almost took that game wire to wire, uh, blew the lead with about 6.45 left, kind of a back-and-forth affair from there, back-and-forth in overtime. And then J.C. Heiss, who's having a really good season, she uh, drew a foul with seven seconds left, sunk both her free throws, and uh, Leveland couldn't make its desperation shot going the other way. Almost effortlessly, she made those free throws. You know, talking with her afterwards, she just really calm. Yeah. And, she, and, she's calm in that big, you know, setting. And big crowds. Uh, I mean, these games were played at the Rip Griffin Center, and uh i'm used to the crowds i'm not sure if you were <laughs> i was not no i mean we're talking probably what tw- 2,500 people i mean it got really warm in that building on a freezing night too yeah there's a lot of people show up for the tournament especially for the championships uh they always turn out to be some special games and it's always fun uh to cover them and then shallow water on the boys side got a nice win yeah, I, you know, I don't think anybody really had their eyes on shallow water coming into this tournament, uh, winning the whole thing. But they came out and they played really well for a while. There it was back and forth, but then they just started pulling away, and they were able to, you know, run the court and do really well. Well, the funny thing was on the girls' side that some of them had played district games before the winter break, and then they're hopping back into district play this week uh, for the guys. A couple, uh, Plainview, had played a game and uh, resumed district play on Tuesday uh, as we record this. And um, really, everyone else is, is entering that mix either this Friday or next Friday. Uh, district 4-5A is, is one to watch for, I think, on both sides. You know, the Lovett Cooper girls. Um, and then uh, a couple of more impressive teams. You know, Monterey has Braylon Dollar. Uh, really not a bad team in that league. Oh, Monterey, I think, is going to make a, a good push for that district title, but they got to go up against Cooper, which Cooper, I mean, they won the Caprock. And uh, a lot of coaches will say, you know, uh, winning the Caprock is fine, but it's not the biggest deal in the world. But you got to look at the competition that they had to go through to get there. And uh, I think 4-5-A is definitely a district to keep, a, keep an eye on. I think they're going to make it past district and maybe even a little bit further. I was impressed. I always am with Monterey. Um, Jill Schneider, coach out there, she mm-hmm. always does a really good job. And they have a lot of young talent. And like you said, Braylon Dollar, who's already signed to play collegiately. 
Absolutely, and, and you're going out to a Lubbock High tune-up game tonight as, as they play Odessa Parliament. So that, that will be uh, online by the time this podcast goes up. So just adjacent, you can read about how the Lady Westerners are doing. And I know that they don't have a winning record, uh, but they've played some steep competition. The Permian game will mark their fourth uh, game against a 6A opponent as they get ready for this thing. And uh, they handle their business when uh, when it's uh, – schools smaller than them which which leaves 5a there i think they're kind of a wild card in this one uh and, and definitely going to be an obstacle for some teams i think so i think they got the talent to uh, kind of make a push for maybe the title as well but like we said the that whole district just has a lot of good teams we'll see how they everything pans out you know tuesday night and uh how they're gonna answer you know the challenge of going up against a 6a team and pretty much set up you know their district run right of course they draw cooper right off the bat so it's a it's a tough uh opening act for um for the lady westerners but uh yeah i think i think that they're going to be competitive in that district and you obviously you have, you have everyone else and i think on the boys side if, if we're saying that it's going to be competitive on the girls side i think it's going to be wide open on the on the boys side you know with jeremy mcferrin leading monterey i think coronado's got a lot of talent uh cooper's pretty decent uh, there are a lot of good teams in that in that league. I agree. There's a. I, I'm impressed with every single team that I saw in the Caprock. I got to see Monterey. Uh, McFerrin's doing a good job over there with the Plainsmen, and uh, there's a lot of talent there, and they're well coached. Coronado, Coronado played. You know, despite not having you know one of the biggest players. <laughs> probably that came out in this area absolutely probably i mean in retrospect one of the most valuable freshman college basketball players in the country and jerry yeah. culver yeah without him and without their head coach they got a new head coach obviously but he's doing a good job they turned around and they put together a really good team i was impressed with the unselfishness that that, that they had uh you know not one player was going out there and trying to you know run up the score they were playing all together which is it's a good thing to see. Uh, Monterey and Coronado is going to be a fun game to go out, and I call dibs. <laughs> well, the good the good news is that there are two of each in basketball, so <laughs> so maybe we can come to some compromise because I really want to see them too. Uh, and and seeing Coronado a couple of times, I think Blair Conright. You know, we talked about him a lot during the football season. Uh, you know, in, in some ways, people think that he's a even better basketball player. Obviously, the the son of Caroline Thompson, who uh, is one of three Lady Raiders to ever have her uh, jersey number retired in, in the rafters. And, of course, that's the only Texas Tech team sport that's ever uh, won a national championship. So um, it's, it's interesting. And then, you know, just a couple of, a couple of quick notes. You know, Kyle Bean uh, pushing 600 wins. He will not hit that mark by the time we, uh, we publish it, our, our next podcast. But that's something to keep an eye out on. He was at 596 as of Tuesday. Yeah, good coach, good program. Last year they made a push. Um, they got just as good team, I think, from last year to this year. Uh, DK Blaylock. DK Blaylock. Yeah, he's he's a special talent out there, and uh, I, I expect them making you know a statement when it comes to district time. Uh, you know, on the other end of the spectrum, I think Hell Center actually has a really good basketball team, uh, at least from what I hear through the woodworks. And Abernathy will be in the mix. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, correction, he's at 595 heading into that. Uh, but they've they've got Lockney, and uh, you know they're four uh, zero against them over the past year year and a half. So uh, looking looking pretty good. I mean, they got 13 games to get that done. So I think that uh, Bean is going to hit the 600 milestone. Anything else standing out to you? Uh, we do have a soccer tournament coming up, the Friendship Cup. If anybody wants to get in. 
me and I uh, head out to uh, Friendship uh, to watch some soccer. Uh, you know, it's it's a growing sport in this area. So absolutely, yeah, it's still it's still kind of in its infancy. Uh, I believe that only the Lubbock IST teams and, and Friendship from from this area have uh, large school sized soccer teams. Uh, but it's definitely growing. You know, I think I think that implementing 4A a couple of years ago was really big for the sport. Uh, it, it's just unfortunate right now that if you're a 2A, you're you're playing 4A soccer. So that that scares a lot of teams away. Uh, but I love soccer. I, I like watching uh, international competitions. Sometimes I'll tune into the MLS, and I had a blast playing it. So it's it's really good to see that game growing, and I think it's got a really bright future in this country, especially with all the concerns uh, starting to creep in around football. I think so, too. Uh, Monterey always has a good team. Uh, I, I think they're going to be in the mix in the Friendship Cup. I have to take another look at the teams, mm-hmm. but, you know, you got Lubbock High. You know, all the LASD teams are going to be p- participating in it. And the Friendship Cup is, is – um it's it's basically the very beginning of the season. I mean, I think it's the first game for, yeah. for the for first official teams, game yeah. for most teams. And um, Lubbock is still looking for its first ever uh, state tournament representative. Uh, of course, in in April, um, the uh, state tournament is hosted in Georgetown, which which is a really cool event. Uh, and it'd, it'd be nice to to get a Lubbock team down there and and go down to Central Texas. <laughs> have an excuse to go down there. Uh, another thing coming up on Friday is the uh, LASD. Um, Invitational. It's a swim meet. Uh, I believe that all the competitors are individuals for for this all points and purposes. The schools don't really matter in this one, uh, but it's it's a great way to get the semester started with um, the uh, swim team uh, schedule coming up. Yeah, a lot of stuff coming up this week. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we're going to have coverage of it all. And that's going to do it for us. Really appreciate you guys stopping by. We'll be back at this time next week. Once again, the show was brought to you by the University Medical Center, and it was powered by AJ Media.